0: Section 9 of Captain Singleton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Dennis Sayers. The Life, Adventures, and Piracies of Captain Singleton by Daniel Defoe. In about eight days we finished three canoes, and in them we embarked our white men and our baggage, with our prince, and some of the prisoners. WE ALSO FOUND IT NEEDFUL TO KEEP SOME OF OURSELVES ALWAYS ON SHORE, NOT ONLY TO MANAGE THE NEGROES, BUT TO DEFEND THEM FROM ENEMIES AND WILD BEASTS. ABUNDANCE OF LITTLE INCIDENTS HAPPENED UPON THIS MARCH, WHICH IT IS IMPOSSIBLE TO CROWD TO THIS ACCOUNT. PARTICULARLY WE SAW MORE WILD BEASTS NOW THAN WE DID BEFORE, SOME ELEPHANTS AND TWO OR THREE LIONS none of which kinds we had seen any of before, and we found our negroes were more afraid of them a great deal than we were, principally because they had no bows and arrows, or lances, which were the particular weapons they were bred up to the exercise of. But we cured them of their fears by being always ready with our firearms. However, as we were willing to be sparing of our powder, and the killing of any of the creatures now was no advantage to us seeing their skins were too heavy for us to carry and their flesh not good to eat we resolved therefore to keep some of our pieces uncharged and only primed and causing them to flash in the pan the beasts even the lions themselves would always start and fly back when they saw it and immediately march off WE PASSED ABUNDANCE OF INHABITANTS UPON THIS UPPER PART OF THE RIVER, AND WITH THIS OBSERVATION, THAT ALMOST EVERY TEN MILES WE CAME TO A SEPARATE NATION, AND EVERY SEPARATE NATION HAD A DIFFERENT SPEECH, OR ELSE THEIR SPEECH HAD DIFFERING DIALECTS, SO THAT THEY DID NOT UNDERSTAND ONE ANOTHER. THEY ALL ABOUNDED IN CATTLE, ESPECIALLY ON THE RIVER-SIDE, AND THE EIGHTH DAY OF THIS SECOND NAVIGATION WE MET WITH A LITTLE NEGRO TOWN, WHERE THEY HAD GROWING A SORT OF CORN-LIKE RICE, WHICH ate VERY SWEET, AND, AS WE GOT SOME OF IT, OF THE PEOPLE, WE MADE VERY GOOD CAKES OF BREAD OF IT, AND, MAKING A FIRE, BAKED THEM ON THE GROUND, AFTER THE FIRE WAS SWEPT AWAY, VERY WELL, SO THAT, HITHERTO, WE HAD NO WANT OF PROVISIONS OF ANY KIND THAT WE COULD DESIRE our negroes towing our canoes we travelled at a considerable rate and by our own account could not go less than twenty or twenty-five english miles a day and the river continuing to be much of the same breadth and very deep all the way till on the tenth day we came to another cataract for a ridge of high hills crossing the whole channel of the river the water came tumbling down the rocks from one stage to another in a strange manner so that it was a continued link of cataracts from one to another in the manner of a cascade only that the falls were sometimes a quarter of a mile from one another and the noise confused and frightful we thought our voyaging was at a full stop now but three of us with a couple of our negroes mounting the hills another way, to view the course of the river, we found a fair channel again, after about half a mile's march, and that it was like to hold us a good way further. So we set all hands to work, unloaded our cargo, and hauled our canoes on shore, to see if we could carry them. Upon examination we found they were very heavy, but our carpenters spending but one day's work upon them hewed away so much of the timber from their outsides as reduced them very much and yet they were as fit to swim as before when this was done ten men with poles took up one of the canoes and made nothing to carry it so we ordered twenty men to each canoe that one ten might relieve the other and thus we carried all our canoes and launched them into the water again, and then fetched our luggage, and loaded it all again into the canoes, and all in an afternoon, and the next morning early we moved forward again. When we had towed about four days more, our gunner, who was our pilot, began to observe that we did not keep our right course so exactly as we ought, the river winding away a little towards the north, and gave us notice of it accordingly however we were not willing to lose the advantage of water carriage at least not till we were forced to it so we jogged on and the river served us for about three score miles further but then we found it grew very small and shallow having passed the mouths of several little brooks or rivulets, which came into it and at length it became but a brook itself. We towed up as far as ever our boats would swim, and we went two days the farther, having been about twelve days in this last part of the river, by lightening the boats and taking our luggage out, which we made the negroes carry, being willing to ease ourselves as long as we could. But at the end of these two days, there was not water enough to swim a London wherry, WE NOW SET FORWARD wholly BY LAND, AND WITHOUT ANY EXPECTATION OF MORE WATER CARRIAGE. ALL OUR CONCERN FOR MORE WATER WAS TO BE SURE TO HAVE A SUPPLY FOR OUR DRINKING, AND THEREFORE UPON EVERY HILL THAT WE CAME NEAR WE CLAMBERED UP TO THE HIGHEST PART TO SEE THE COUNTRY BEFORE US, AND TO MAKE THE BEST JUDGMENT WE COULD WHICH WAY TO GO TO KEEP THE LOWEST GROUNDS, AND AS NEAR SOME STREAM OF WATER AS WE COULD. THE COUNTRY HELD VERDANT, WELL GROWN WITH TREES, AND SPREAD WITH RIVERS AND BROOKS, AND TOLERABLY WELL WITH INHABITANTS, FOR ABOUT THIRTY DAYS MARCH, AFTER OUR LEAVING THE CANOES, DURING WHICH TIME THINGS WENT PRETTY WELL WITH US. WE DID NOT TIE OURSELVES DOWN WHEN TO MARCH AND WHEN TO HALT, BUT ORDERED THOSE THINGS AS OUR CONVENIENCE, AND THE HEALTH AND EASE OF OUR PEOPLE, AS WELL OUR SERVANTS AS OURSELVES REQUIRED. ABOUT THE MIDDLE OF THIS MARCH WE CAME INTO A LOW AND PLAIN COUNTRY, IN WHICH WE PERCEIVED A GREATER NUMBER OF INHABITANTS THAN IN ANY OTHER COUNTRY WE HAD GONE THROUGH. BUT, THAT WHICH WAS WORSE FOR US, WE FOUND THEM A FIERCE, BARBAROUS, AND TREACHEROUS PEOPLE and who at first looked upon us as robbers, and gathered themselves in numbers to attack us. Our men were terrified at them, at first, and began to discover an unusual fear, and even our black prince seemed in a great deal of confusion. But I smiled at him, and showing him some of our guns, I asked him if he thought that which killed the spotted cat, for so they called the leopard, in their language, COULD NOT MAKE A THOUSAND OF THOSE NAKED CREATURES DIE AT ONE BLOW. THEN HE LAUGHED, AND SAID, YES, HE BELIEVED IT WOULD. WELL THEN, SAID I, TELL YOUR MEN NOT TO BE AFRAID OF THESE PEOPLE, FOR WE SHALL SOON GIVE THEM A TASTE OF WHAT WE CAN DO IF THEY PRETEND TO MEDDLE WITH US. HOWEVER, WE CONSIDERED WE WERE IN THE MIDDLE OF A VAST COUNTRY, AND WE KNEW NOT WHAT NUMBERS OF PEOPLE AND NATIONS, we might be surrounded with, and above all, we knew not how much we might stand in need of the friendship of these that we were now among, so that we ordered the negroes to try all the methods they could to make them friends. Accordingly, the two men who had gotten bows and arrows, and two more to whom we gave the princes two fine lances, went foremost, with five more, HAVING LONG POLES IN THEIR HANDS, AND AFTER THEM TEN OF OUR MEN ADVANCED TOWARD THE NEGRO TOWN THAT WAS NEXT TO US, AND WE ALL STOOD READY TO SUCCOR THEM, IF THERE SHOULD BE OCCASION. WHEN THEY CAME PRETTY NEAR THEIR HOUSES, OUR NEGROES HALLOOED IN THEIR SCREAMING WAY, AND CALLED TO THEM AS LOUD AS THEY COULD. UPON THEIR CALLING, SOME OF THE MEN CAME OUT AND ANSWERED, And, immediately after, the whole town, men, women, and children, appeared. Our negroes, with their long poles, went forward a little, and stuck them all in the ground, and left them, which in their country was a signal of peace. But the other did not understand the meaning of that. Then the two men with bows laid down their bows and arrows, went forward, unarmed, and made signs of peace to them which at last the other began to understand so two of their men laid down their bows and arrows and came towards them our men made all the signs of friendship to them that they could think of putting their hands up to their mouths as a sign that they wanted provisions to eat and the other pretended to be pleased and friendly and went back to their fellows and talked with them a while they came forward again, and made signs that they would bring some provisions to them before the sun set, and so our men came back again, very well satisfied, for that time. But an hour before sunset our men went to them again, just in the same posture as before, and they came according to their appointment, and brought deer's flesh, roots, and the same kind of corn, like rice, which I mentioned above. And our negroes being furnished with such toys as our cutler had contrived, gave them some of them, which they seemed infinitely pleased with, and promised to bring more provisions the next day. Accordingly, the next day they came again, but our men perceived they were more in number by a great many than before. However, having sent out ten men with firearms to stand ready, and our whole army being in view also, we were not much surprised, nor was the treachery of the enemy so cunningly